Hey, this is Andrew Kuhn, and you're listening to the Focus Compounding Podcast, the podcast where Jeff and I talk about actionable stock ideas, timeless investing concepts, and the overall way that we think about investing at Focus Compounding Capital Management. Go to focuscompounding.com and enter in your email to get a free watch list from Jeff every other week. And be sure to check out all of our other work where Jeff writes about stocks at focuscompounding.com. I upload how-to investing videos on YouTube, and we both manage capital for investors at Focus Compounding Capital Management. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to follow along. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everybody doing? Hope you are doing well. My name is Andrew Kuhn, Focused Compounding, the number one value investing podcast in the world, soon to be the number one YouTube value investing podcast in the world as well. I want that plaque on my wall, that YouTube yeah. plaque, 100,000 subscribers. We got 2,000 right now. <laughs> Soon to be the number one YouTube channel in the world. Sitting next to Jeff Cannon. Jeff, how's it going today? It's going very well, Andrew. How's it going with you? It's going great. Hope it's going great for everybody else. If this is the first time that you're tuning in with us, first off, I have to ask, what took you so long? Mm -hmm. Secondly, I got to tell you, check out all of our content. Go to Twitter. Follow me at Focus Compound. Go to FocusCompounding.com and be sure to... Uh, Sign up for premium research. Jeff is doing three free uh, write-ups on investing topics a week, and then two premium write-ups oh, okay. on stocks. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get the free ones to your email box, join the Gang Gazette. Go to our homepage, www.focuscompounding.com. Enter in your email, and we are being religious about sending that out. Sometimes I get an email from people saying, I'm not receiving... The emails uh, from the Gannon Gazette, and I say, well, we haven't sent a Gannon Gazette in a while. But last week we did, and now we are going to every single Monday going forward. Um, so be sure to sign up for that. In today's podcast, we are going to be going over the stocks A to Z section on the website. So if you do become a member, um, the stocks A to Z section, we just kind of changed the website up a little bit to, to simplify it. Um, is a list of all the stocks that have ever been written up on the website. So you could go through mm -hmm. there. A lot of these ideas may still be relevant. We have the idea exchange where members could write up ideas themselves. Mm -hmm. We'll click that so people could see that. You can, takes a little bit to load for some reason. Um, you could create a new topic and you could um, uh, write up a, a post. Why is it not loading? Why is it not loading? Um, the blog is where all of Jeff's posts go up there. Mm -hmm. And when I decide to write to, it will go on there as well. And then the stocks A to Z section, of course, is what we're going to be going over today. And it has a list of every single stock that's been written up on the website, mm -hmm. as long as well as your single diligence write-ups. Mm -hmm. um, so Jeff wanted to actually spend this podcast going through it and seeing which stocks he thought could be potentially relevant. Obviously, there's been a lot of volatility in the market. Mm -hmm. And in one of our most recent podcasts, when we talked about watch list building and stuff like that, obviously, um, doing the work required when markets are hitting all-time highs is very important because when there's volatility, you're able to act decisively. Mm -hmm. um, so we could just go from the top. If you want yeah. to, me to pull up a quick FS, I definitely sure. can do that. So of we a can lot talk of about Amark Precious Metals. So Amark Precious Metals is an interesting one from a speculative basis. I would not suggest this stock um, necessarily as being able to hold for the long term and predict it that way. But if we look, let's can we get a stock chart on these to see if they've declined much recently? Yeah, yeah. So Amar Precious Metals, in theory, should probably have gone up a little bit last week. I doubt it did. But um, when we're recording this, the previous week or so was pretty volatile, right? Mm -hmm. uh, down. And so um, if we look... Uh, do a one-year chart, or we could do year-to-date. Yeah, since it's been more recent. Uh, so I guess there's a little bit of a decline, not much. Um, uh, this company would benefit. So this company says that it'll benefit from volatility in gold prices and silver. Um, I think that's 100% true. 
they kind of say that they the absolute level of gold and silver doesn't matter to them. I'm not 100% sure that's true. Uh, I would say that the primary thing that matters to them is the volatility in the market. And then the second thing is that the higher the price level, the better for them probably because mm-hmm. they do lend against and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So there are probably collateral calls and stuff on gold. Um, uh, and because of the way they do the margin stuff with them, uh, they people lend pretty high amounts against gold because they're keeping it physically themselves, so mm-hmm. they don't have defaults on it. So um, they probably had a lot where they had to um, take the gold. Um, so things like that, they may, they will make money on um, all the sorts of things they deal in making markets. They do physical um, gold and silver, so we're not talking about future stuff. Um, but the movements in the market, if gold is very volatile, I'm just going to keep saying gold, even though it's gold and silver, if gold is very volatile, they'll make a lot more money this year. Mm-hmm. And so I think gold has been more volatile and had been particularly not volatile for a while. Um, just gradually going up all the time or gradually going down all the time yeah. isn't very helpful to them. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if they eventually report really good earnings um, if you continue to see volatility in gold prices. Has gold been volatile in the last five days? Um I would guess that it has see. been very volatile. Oops. Let's see if we can find it. I don't have uh, the Bloomberg terminal up. Um, so I, it's just that uh, I would guess that it's moved around a bunch in more than normal um, in the last uh, few days or whatever. Mm. And so if that happens, if that continues to happen, then they would benefit from it. It's kind of like, imagine they were dealing in oil or something, something we know has moved around a lot. Mm-hmm. Then they would make a lot more money because they're basically a market maker and things like that. And these sorts of things, the spreads that they get are, are definitely tied to the total amount of volatility in their markets. Mm-hmm. So they benefit from higher volatility. That's kind of the argument always for buying them is to buy them at times when gold is very non-volatile because their earnings will look poor and then actually make money when they, it's more volatile. The part of the business that I liked long-term is the secured lending part of the business mm-hmm. because um, that's just like charging high interest rates to hold gold for people that you then lend against. Mm-hmm. And that's a pretty good business. So they're basically, like I said, they're essentially like an investment bank for um, uh, for physical gold, like things like coins and bullion and stuff like that. Um, so Interesting. Then the second stock there... I don't know if we can get a quote on that one, but that would probably be affected a lot. So that's Mm -hmm. Amadeus. So that's obviously tied to airline stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, some of their stuff, I believe, is tied to overall traffic levels. Like it's transaction-based, you know, sort of the way that like FICO is tied to the number of credit um, scores being done and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's a very good business. Uh, I like Amadeus a lot as a business. Do you have the quick FS for it? You probably could find it yes. for it um, to give people an idea of how attractive a business it's been historically. So if we look, I think you can see like the return on equity, yeah. what it's been, how high it's been. Return on equity for those listening has been the 10-year median returns 33%. And yeah, it just so doesn't have years where it's very bad. Yeah, revenue has a 10-year CAGR going from $3.4 billion in 2010 to six point two in 2019. And I think it's just generally like on an earnings per share basis, it's going to tend to have higher earnings this year than last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so still, it's a, what, 20-something PE? Mm, you know? 24. Yeah. But um, and, and it, it, so it's it also has very high conversion into free cash flow and stuff like that. This is a very attractive business. It's definitely something that I would watch if you like if you were – more interested in um i don't think i'd buy an airline if there was a lot of problem in the airline industry to be honest but i would buy something that might be connected to airlines Mm -hmm. and if this falls like an airline then this is a stock that you definitely want to read the report uh read the write-up it's not done by me it's by another member Mm -hmm. amazon you did that a while ago Mm -hmm. we don't even go over that apple 
who did that one? We can just scroll through the <laughs> ones that we think yeah. matter. Yeah. Argan, Arc Restaurants, that was written up recently. Yeah, there's a lot of stocks on here, so we mm-hmm. probably should just scroll through. Oh, Booking. So Booking probably fell a lot, let's see. So Booking is um, now, uh, was it's called Booking now. It was Priceline. Um, but we can see um, that it was a very expensive stock, unfortunately. But it's dropped a lot, mm-hmm. right? In the last, in year-to-date, it's dropped a lot? Yeah, yeah year-to-date, 2100, and it's, it's at a 15 times yeah. earnings. So let's look at the quick FS thing for it. So Booking is would be my favorite in that industry, I'm sure. Um, also not a write-up by me, though. Um that basically uh, All these is, returns are great. is an online travel agent. So it mm-hmm. makes money by um, getting you to book hotel rooms through the mm-hmm. website. Yeah. Yeah. Tenure Kager gone from 3 billion in 2010 to 15 billion in 2019. But assets have also have a 10, 28% uh, tenure Kager. So yeah. are they acquiring Free a lot of things? Grown by 25% a year. Mm-hmm. Um, they've acquired a few things, but not a lot um, that have been very successful. They're, but the return on equity, I mean, the whole, I guess, business quality uh, profile is very strong. Yeah. So the risks them are like through advertising through Google and things like that, whether mm-hmm. it'll be as effective and, and in getting them um, people to their site and then selling through for hotels. But another one that if it drops a lot, I'd be interested in. This is one that is potentially pretty attractive for a giant company, right? What's the market cap on it? What is it? 20 or 71 billion. Yeah. yeah. So it's uh, a huge company. So I can't think of many $70 billion companies that I would like as much as booking. So mm-hmm. that's one to definitely read about and follow. Um, Let's see. BWX Technologies. Yeah, that probably mm-hmm. isn't affected much <laughs> by anything. I Canada don't know where Bay the Park. stock is trading on that one. Um, they did have some problems that were their own issues, but I can't imagine that the stock fell much last year, uh, last week. It shouldn't have fallen really at all. Um, nope. Yep, Look at that did. decline. Uh, so it wasn't cheap, though, but I'm not sure why you would have that decline. I mean, the Navy isn't going to buy any fewer um, ships because of that. None of their customers that I can think of is going to be affected by anything that happened here. So uh, it's kind of a stock that shouldn't fall. Um, that's kind of my point about it. if people own that and own other things and just want to get out of stocks, they yeah. may get out of even something like mm-hmm. BWX. Technology is when there's real, really no reason to get out of that. What about CarMart? Carmart is unfortunately not that cheap. Let's go look at it. Um, I le- did a follow-up on it when it got cheap. I think it's recovered quite a bit from there. Yeah. <laughs> this is a $100 stock now. When did I write it up? What was the price? Um, that's the problem. Uh, well, you could or at least do the follow-up. Yeah. So when I followed up on it. $35 a share. $35 a share. So I th- thought that Jeez, it was cheap in 2017 yeah. so <laughs> it recovered from there unfortunately yeah so not that the price is terrible or anything but just that um the auto um finance business improved a lot in the u.s mm-hmm. um so yeah since it tripled almost or whatever um i don't know that it'd be as attractive as when i wrote it up there but you could read those too mm-hmm. cars.com that company's yep, gone down a lot declined a lot um we have a bunch of bank companies here um some of them are interesting that way you could read the write-ups of them because of the fall in interest rates i think a bunch of them have fallen a lot like mm-hmm. we could just put in frost i think frost has fallen a lot frost is also exposed to energy but i think if we look that like last week i think they fell quite a bit um, 80. Okay. But it did fall from almost a hundred yeah. to eight from to 94. Eight. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, the P is on a lot of these aren't that expensive. Banks generally seem pretty attractive right now for that reason. Cause I think cause of the changes in, in yields, mm-hmm. cause yields moved around a lot last week. Mm-hmm. Um, Duncan, none of EM those. systems, intercom, none of those Eversell, are worth talking Oxon, about. fossil FW Thorpe. Don't think so. No general electric. All right. But you hear, um, Yes. He Jack passed Welch. away. Yeah. Yeah. Jack Welch died. Yeah. Um, game host we have there. Um, 
Uh, oh, here, let's check Granger because this is the kind of thing that if the world was expecting a big recession, like globally, mm-hmm. uh, if investors were expecting that, then Granger should have plummeted. Um, it is down a lot this year, right? So, oh, that it's year to date, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's it's mm, it's down. Go from three forty four to two eighty two today. Yeah, unfortunately, this is another one. If let's go back to that stocks A to Z, and see when I wrote it up again, lower price, higher volume, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought it looked kind of cheap. Two hundred ninety nine dollars. Two hundred twenty nine. Two hundred yeah. Two hundred twenty nine. Yeah. Two hundred twenty nine. So even after coming down, we're still talking about a stock that's like. 20 some percent higher than where I wrote about mm-hmm. it there. So that is a bit of a problem. Um, Greenbrick Partners. Greenbrick Partners, home building this area. It's, you know, we've talked about it a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Um, Hamilton, Hamilton Beach. Beach we could look at the Hamilton Beach and see how it's done since the spinoff. So Hamilton Beach was it's... a spinoff from NACO. We liked NACO better than Hamilton Beach. And uh, it's, it's, if you do max, you can see where it spun off to now. Um, for people who can't see the yeah, uh, it website. looked like it spun off around thirty three dollars and ten cents, like forty went to forty. Now it's at eleven dollars, and, and then we go from twenty to thirty, twenty to thirty, twenty to thirty, yeah. and then Trading lately it's now at eleven fifty eight. Well, you could check the quick FS because it, on a PE basis and stuff, it should be getting pretty cheap here. Yeah, uh, this does get all of its stuff made in China, China. basically, mm-hmm. and then sent to the US. Um, She's showing negative PE. <laughs> uh, so, but what's their operating profit situation now? In 2019, $37 million. $37 and what's the uh, market cap on this thing, enterprise value market cap? Nope, that the information yeah, is not incorrect. right. Yeah, that's yeah. so, incorrect, says This is shown on Google, shown as six times PE. Yeah, and I wouldn't trust Google either for any information. But <laughs> um, So, it, it, you know, it. I we do remember that it was over $300 million, the market cap yeah. originally on mm-hmm. it. So, obviously, it hasn't done as well as NACO. You know, NACO spun it off, and it's done better than NACO. It's, the, NACO's the better side of the spinoff. Because the day NACO spun off, it started spinning off at like $20 something. or something, mm-hmm. rose to like 30 uh, So, if you take the two of them together, within a month or something, they were both at around the same stock price. Now, NACO's at almost four times that or something. Yeah, yeah so... Obviously, it hasn't worked out as well. What about Hostess Brands? Hostess Brands. You looked at the warrants lately? Yes. So Hostess Brands keeps leveraging itself up. There are warrants that expire. If you're going to buy this, I would buy the warrants, so not the it's stock. It's coming up soon, right? No, it's coming it's up expiring. a year, 18 months from now. Okay. I think in, in 2021 in the fall uh, of 2021. Um, the problem is they keep leveraging up. They said they're going to leverage up to go out four times again next year. They keep acquiring things to leverage up. I actually think they've done well in there. Uh, core business, like growing their market share and stuff of the brands that they already own, but they keep buying other stuff. They keep operating it like an LBO, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't, I wouldn't feel that safe in the stock, but occasionally there might be opportunities in the warrants. I'd watch the stock and the warrants. Um, but you know, now the warrants are only a year and a half. I saw a thing come through on seeking alpha saying that, uh, Hostess may benefit from coronavirus outbreak for people buying like cookies and food and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Let's see. To be fair, I do want to point out something that's a misconception. It's always believed that Hostess's products, like Twinkies and stuff, have incredibly long shelf lives. Yeah. They actually don't. Not anymore. Yeah, they're fairly normal compared to other products. So Mm -hmm. a lot of products do. But I mean, like, you know, I've got canned soup over there. The canned soup will last longer than the Twinkies. But hey, man, they just want Twinkies (laughs) when they're in their bunkers, right? So um, Hunter Douglas? Hunter Douglas is a stock that... um, has obviously been disappointing for a while now. Um, you're, it's going to depend on where it quotes it for you in. There you go. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't moved around much at all. 58. Yeah, that's not a big movement at all. No. So it hasn't moved the way that um, it that a lot of other stocks have moved. IEH Corporation? 
Yeah, that one, I've noticed that they're on the uh, OTC Market site, their CEO, um, kind of promoting the business and stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, well, let's look at Monarch Cement. So Monarch Cement's an interesting one. I wonder if it's dropped at all, because it is economically sensitive, obviously, but it's in the middle of the country, mm-hmm. barely. I think I wrote up at like 62 or something like yeah. that. It's around 60. It has declined a little bit. I think that stock would be potentially interesting at like book value or below. Um, so that's one I would look at, because if we do enter a recession or something, it's likely that it would kind of fall too much because it's cement, you know? Mm-hmm. So they would be... Um, Exposed to that more than it should be, but we're pretty far from that, right? I think it would need to fall like yeah, price of forty dollars or something. Yeah, it's one point four right now. Yeah, but it, it can that can happen in a, in a recession. Mm-hmm. MLP. Yeah, Maui Land and Pineapple. I don't think it's moved a ton, but we'll see if it's moved recently. Oops. Um, um, oh. Actually, if I just type it in, there we go. Okay, oh. maybe not. And this is the world's greatest search engine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, here we go. Eleven. Yep, same price as bid for it. Yeah. Not forever, but if we look, let's look at like, a, like a five-year chart or something. It's for the last it's, couple of years. Yeah, it's if you see, area. it's tended to be right around mm-hmm. that price. So not terribly different. Um, I don't know. The hard thing about all these things is, of course, interest rates are lower. So given where interest rates are, I suppose land in Maui should be very valuable. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I wouldn't, you know, think that it's changed that much. MSC Industrial Direct is another one that's like Granger. If you were going to enter a recession or something, it's something that I think you should pay a lot of attention to. Um, NIC, I thought was kind of cheap. Omnicom is the one we should probably go to next. Mm-hmm. Um, so Omnicom, I think, looks very cheap. I had said once before that it would make sense to buy it at like $65 a share. Yeah. And actually, it's bought back some uh, stocks since. It's OMC. Oops, OMC. Yeah. Uh, so it's bought back some stocks since then. Uh, it's at, what's it at now? Let's see. It is true. Are we going to have a call to buy something finally? $69.31. Uh, so anyway, that's pretty close. Um, so I did say a long, long time ago when we did podcast on Omnicom that I think $65 a share would be a great price to buy it at. That's about one-time sales. I think actually it's bought back enough stock that it's already at one-time sales. Let's look at quick FS. So yeah, it's yeah, saying one-time, it's one-time sales. sales. Yeah, you've always said that. One-time yeah, sales. Well, you know why. Price. So let's look at what's the 10-year median free cash flow margin. 10-year median free cash flow margin, 10.8%. Right. So you get an 11% yield in terms of free cash flow on each dollar of sales. Mm-hmm. So if you buy the stock at, at sales, you're in theory getting an 11% free cash flow margin. You're getting 11% back on your um, purchase price. And they're paying a lot of it in dividends and buybacks. So mm-hmm. Let's look at like the dividend and stuff, what the dividend yield is and things like that. You'll need that over on mm-hmm. there. So the P... Dividend yield is what? 3.75%. Right. And the rest of it they use to buy back stock. So you're going to get almost a 4% dividend, and then you're going to get a 6% um, attempt to buy back the stock if it stays at these levels. So that would make it really attractive. I don't know if you have to wait for $65 or for now, um, but if you look, what are the problems with Omnicom? So if we look at the quick FS. They have not grown their revenue. Now, they did dispose of some things and stuff, but they basically haven't grown their revenue in like five years or something, yeah. right? So that's a problem. And then the other problem that they have is um, that if we were to enter a recession or something, you'd see a decline. The stock might sell off a lot. Yeah. So the stock might sell off a lot, but at any price of sales or lower, I think it's attractive to buy something like Omnicom. And if you like their capital allocation the most of buybacks and dividends, um, then I would definitely focus on them versus other ad agencies. Um, but all the big ones, I think WPP, Publicis, Omnicom, Dentsu, all of those, are, um, Interpublic, all of those I think are fairly cheap and have declined a bunch recently. So um, that's very rare to have a stock that you could buy at like a 10 times free cash flow. So that one's attractive, definitely. Um, let's go over. Let's see. We talked about Progressive. 
Yeah, so Progressive. We'll look at Progressive. Let's see what the stock did on Progressive. Progressive is an insurer. A bunch of other insurance stocks fell, but if they were falling for the reasons that they should be falling, then it shouldn't have affected Progressive. Let's see. Um, Not really. We went from 83 to to $77. Trading 14 times earnings. Yeah, let's just look at the last five days or whatever. Let's see, or month or... It did drop. Mm -hmm. So just like any stock, it did drop. Um, It dropped almost... What is that? Not as severely, but it could have dropped at one point close to 10%. Um, so why I was saying it shouldn't matter as much as other insurers go out longer mm-hmm. in terms of interest rates. So they own like longer bonds and things. Progressive goes very short on the investment side and it's all about underwriting. So really it's just where we are in the underwriting cycle that should determine their earnings more. Um, I mean, not that the yields didn't also drop on very short-term things they did, but just how that matters over time isn't as important if you're putting all your money in like T-bills and stuff, mm-hmm. which is... More compared to other insurers, Progressive pretty much is doing that. They're the insurance equivalent of just holding a lot of cash. Residio Technologies, yeah, this company's gotten cheap. We can look last at last time I looked at it. No spinoffs have been working very well. Um, they had some problems that they talked about, um, and I didn't like what's happened since they spun off. Basically, what and did I didn't you love like? them that much anyway. I mean, we didn't consider buying them, um, just like we didn't consider Hamilton Beach. Um, so. Uh, I think that their ADI distribution business is good and working well, but the business that makes like thermostats and things in the cells into the U.S., assembling them in like Mexico and stuff, I don't think it's been doing as well. And that's a big part of the business. Um, we can look at psychometrics, see if that dropped at all. That's the kind of thing that unfortunately may not have dropped at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it has a pretty high amount of, um, let's see, okay. So last five days, last, um, like as an example, I think Tandy was up last week. Really? So Tandy leather. Yeah. So there are things that just don't react very much to the new, like, what is that? Okay. Flat. But it was up at one point. Mm -hmm. It was up 10% at one point during the, uh, a week in which the market was down about 10%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it does happen sometimes that these small companies, um, don't move that much with the market. And unfortunately that's what you have with something like psychometrics, which would be more attractive at a lower price. What are Sydney airports done? Okay. Not Snyder, Sydney. Can't type. Okay. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I would have expected a b- bigger decline in that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, except how we're quoting in Australian dollars too. So mm. to be fair, they make their money. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know how far the Australian dollar fell against the US dollar last week either. I assume it fell, but I don't know that. I don't watch currency markets. Um, Cheesecake Factory. That one I think might be getting interesting. Let's see what the price is on that one. 35. I think we mm-hmm. talked about that before. Yeah, 35 times being earnings. an interesting uh, price for it. If Let's look at quick FS. Yeah, it idea. was at 42 before the fall. Yeah, but we did talk about that on the podcast, right? Didn't mm-hmm. we? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, if you look, the see the free cash flow margin, but here's the problem. You get a free cash flow margin with um, Cheesecake Factory about 6 to 7%, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's trading at 0.7 times sales. So that's actually pretty close to like Omnicom trading at one time sales and having a 10% or higher free cash flow margin. By the way, with Omnicom, the tax rates have been cut since then. So on average, their free cash flow margin might be more 11 or 12% or whatever. Um, so really attractive. Cheesecake might be too. Um, but of course... Cheesecake's capital allocation is different though than Omnicom. That is true. Although the, for I think their capital allocation has been very good, to be honest, uh, Cheesecake Factory. I think they're willing to buy back more stock and things than other companies like them would. Um, Let's see. We have. I don't think that a lot has happened. What about U.S. Lime? We could look. I think the stock, unfortunately, went up a bunch since. I I thought it was expen- not expensive, but I my reason for not picking it. Yeah. So I think I talked about it like 
I don't know if I talked about it, $65 a share exactly or what. Um, I like the industry a lot, mm-hmm. um, the Lime Rock um, business, and so owning a Lime Quarry and turning into the different things that they do. But obviously, it's kind of been um, expensive for a while here, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and these aren't like, so it's a cyclical company. So 18 times P isn't bad if it's eight, just like a cement company, if it's 18 times like the bottom of the cycle or yeah. I'm happy to pay that. My concern is more like, I don't want to pay 18 times, basically one of the higher ones that you're ever going to see for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about zoo plus? <laughs> That's a company. I haven't even looked at that in a long yeah, time. I remember a lot of people on Facebook like that. among hedge funds and things, especially European. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of people love this stock. I remember a couple years ago. Yeah. So it sells a lot of um, dog food through mm-hmm. online sources. It's kind of like Chewy of um, Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chewy is owned by um, PetSmart, which went public again. Mm-hmm. So weirdly, I had written up the company stuff before it went private, and PetSmart, and now it's gone public again. Um, that's not the first time that happened either. So when people ask about, like, you know, is the market getting more efficient? Yeah, yeah. The problem is always uh, private equity firms are the worst kind of competition because they're the ones that are more likely to buy out things that. Uh, we liked otherwise. Uh-huh. So, what about Cars.com? That was a spinoff. Yeah, we looked at that years ago. We did and didn't like it, mm-hmm. like most of the spinoffs. So, um, yeah, I know the stock has fallen. Yeah, I. It's hard to come up with a spinoff that we've liked recently. Oh wow, um, down thirteen percent today. Yeah. So that has been a consistent problem. Although we buy some things that were the other side of the spinoff. I like BWX Technologies. I like NACA. Mm-hmm. You know, so sometimes we take the other half of the spinoff or whatever. But mm-hmm. the part that's spinning off, we haven't liked as much. We didn't like Hamilton Beach. Mm-hmm. It, Hamilton Beach could be cheap now, though. I'd have to look. It's very possible. I mean, it's fallen a lot. I think the last time I looked at it, it was like $17. Now yeah. I'm saying it's like 12 yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's fallen a lot. What do you think? So why do you think spinoffs have just performed so terrible? Uh, I don't know. I don't I wonder, know. I, I don't, I don't I know say, taking them together if they have. Yeah, like as an index. But yeah. the things that we've looked at have it not done well and we've wanted to pass on them. I think that that has become a much more, I don't want to say a much more efficient market, but it's much more that companies know that people like spinoffs more. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're willing to use it to their advantage, put a lot of debt on them. It's been easy to do that. And then um, get a little parting gift. <laughs> yeah, they all spin off with like three times the EBITDA and uh-huh. And then I think that value investors like bid them up immediately and stuff. Mm-hmm. Value investors seem very focused on spinoffs, you know? Um, very focused. It, it's one of the areas that they're most attracted to. And also then I don't know if all of them are very focused on like sticking with the business long term. Mm-hmm. Remember we looked at Serence kind mm-hmm. of briefly. Yeah. That was a spinoff. That's right? a spinoff that we passed on to. Um, you know, that, that they that were doing seemed, like AI and stuff like that, that automation, the car and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. The investors didn't seem too excited about that one. I don't know if that's one that we'd look at. We tried to do something where we thought about like regularly covering spinoffs and stuff, yeah. but I just haven't found spinoffs to be a very interesting part of uh, what we would do like for our own investing. So it's been hard that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if in a different kind of environment it'll change again mm-hmm. or if this is something that because people are so focused on it it gets lots of attention on blogs on value investors, yeah yeah blah, totally blah, it, it does get a lot of attention um, more than it used to i think but also mm-hmm. no definitely well our goal is to continue to add stocks mm-hmm. to the stock to a to z section again like we talked about uh, it's best to do you know due diligence when and, and constantly like studying new companies when the stock market's in all-time highs so 
when um, you know there's volatility in the markets, you could go back and revisit your research, see what you thought about it, and then you know act decisively uh, when the opportunity comes. But if you do become a member, you do get access to the stocks A to Z section. This gets updated weekly when I do send out the new constant contact email. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do become a member of the website, be sure to check it out. Uh, like I said, we did simplify everything, and you could add your idea on the idea exchange, and it will get linked in here as well, which is um, a lot of fun. And members like that aspect of the website. Well, thank everybody so much for tuning in with Jeff and myself. We are going to be in Omaha the week of the Berkshire meeting, as long as it does still happen, mm-hmm. uh, week of May 2nd. Uh, so if you're interested in our money management services, either through the fund or the SMA, reach out to me at andrew at focuscompound.com. We will get you on the schedule uh, to meet up in person. We love the chat. Um, if this is the first time you're tuning in, hit that subscribe button, thumbs this video up. Leave us a rating review on uh, the podcast side of things on iTunes. That goes a very long way for Jeff and myself. And if you do sign up for the website, use the podcast promo code, which is podcast, and that'll take some money off of the price every single month. I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in with Jeff and myself, and we will see you in the next podcast. Hey, this is Andrew Kuhn, and that was the Focus Compounding Podcast, the podcast where Jeff and I talk about actionable stock ideas, investing concepts, and the overall way that we think about investing at Focus Compounding Capital Management. Go to focuscompound.com and enter in your email to get a free watch list from Jeff every other week. And be sure to check out all of our other work where Jeff writes about stocks at focuscompounding.com. I upload how-to investing videos on YouTube, and we both manage capital for investors at Focus Compounding Capital Management. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe to follow along.